Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to our episode of Sheologians. We're here today to put the her and read her. Reader. Read Very nice. Her. Well done. Thank you. My name is Summer Yeager and I'm beer. I'm beer. <laughs> <laughs> There's a sign at the preserve. No, I wasn't pointing the one. <laughs> I was doing my hand thing, but Jerry oh, yeah, yeah. always gotcha. points out that gotcha. I do. There's this sign ne- at the nature preserve. Uh-huh. By this like flowing stream, and it says like, "No drinks, no beber," which is like yeah. Spanish, uh-huh. but it just it looks like one thing. And so the first time I read it, it was like it was like twilight, and I thought it said "No drinks, no beer," and I was like, "Wait, isn't that redundant?" Anyway, just in case someone's looking for a loophole, no <laughs> drinks and, and definitely no beer. No beer. Anyway. My name is Just in case you're trying to consume your beer in a different way (laughs) from drinking it. (laughs) Ay, ay, ay. And now I need to learn how to talk. You said said at twilight and I was like, (laughs) (laughs) like we were were just laughing about how horrible that (laughs) all of twilight is. Just all of it. Every second of it. And so then there was a sign and then uh, all the cast of the (laughs) twilight books were there. That's what you just... That's the picture you just painted for me. I didn't even mean to. I now actually want a painting of that. <laughs> of all the cast of Twilight drinking beer? Well, maybe not some of the lesser characters. <laughs> just the major cast. <laughs> Headliners. Like, if you get their autograph in a restaurant, I want them on there. Vampires obviously don't drink beer. As vampires, of course. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> if it's not sparkly, I don't want it. Anyway... My name is Summer Yeager. <laughs> I'm here with my beautiful co-host Joy. And Joy, I was going to tell you, I was going to give you a feminist of the week. And then you said you had one. Oh, you can't. Mine has, so. Should I still do it? Yeah, mine has a lot to do with the topic at oh. hand. So if right. I just like squeeze mine in at the end, I'm okay with that. You saying you squeeze <laughs> it in at the end is like also really painted a picture for me <laughs> oh, okay. of you squeezing a beer can. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Okay. My headphones are falling off. We're having too much fun. <laughs> no bit bear. <laughs> um, so I opened my email today and I was just immediately wildly annoyed. <laughs> okay. Okay. So as you know, so Joy Which earned someone an award. <laughs> Congratulations to you. <laughs> so Joy is the person that has, who clears out her email inbox. Oh, yes. Her unread emails are zero. My <laughs> inbox oh, no. is currently at 10,950. As I looked at it, it went from 49 to 50 <laughs> right now. This, this is very second. Um, oh, gosh. So that's, uh, you all knew this about Joy and I already. I didn't have to tell you that. Everybody so knew. Many. <laughs> Everyone knew. Anyway, so what I do when I open my email, <laughs> I wish you guys could see the face. Can't, the you just, can't you just select them all and delete them all at one time? There's 10,000 of them. It doesn't let you. Also, I don't want to. <laughs> oh, you're purposely collecting them. <laughs> no, I just am not purposely cleaning them. Anyway, I'll have to say... Because my inbox is such a mess, and this is the inbox of like three different emails. So I read my Sheologians emails. I don't read my personal emails. That's my general (laughs) operating principle. As I have one inbox where there are no unread emails, and that's my Sheologians email. Right. But my personal email is, I mean, a hot mess. Anyway. It's full of old Navy coupons from 2012. (laughs) Every time I've paid for something, I mean, every receipt, every Amazon order, it's all. I just let the government, I just let the Patriot Act take care of that for me. 
Who needs the cloud? Legit. The government's reading You have it. it. You guys have it. I know you have the, my photos All of, of everything, Easter everything I've 2017. Purchased. They know what kind of vitamins they take. You already have it. Can I get it? My phone fell in the bathtub. Can you just give me my email? Uh, what are you and we already pay we're t- it's tax it's like right tax you guys are doing this cloud. work for me anyway um <clears throat> they force us to save our money and they <laughs> keep all my emails um so what i do when i open my inbox is like i have my brain already knows how to recognize boring email i don't want to read mm-hmm. email from a real person like yeah. i already know what the yeah. markers are that's definitely like that it happens. It's inter- yeah. it's something. It's a skill you could never explain to someone who yeah. wasn't alive yes. when email happened. Right. This is but, a newsletter. This is a receipt. Right. I'm scrolling. I want this. I don't want this. My brain just can. It, look you at do the it. same thing with your actual mail. Right. Too, let's yeah. face it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We all open up our mailboxes and throw away the coupons. It used to be that if something got put in your mailbox, it yeah. was important. Right. It but meant, it meant to get to you. Now. <laughs> that's no, not no. how it works. No. No. Um. So anyway, I see this email and it says it's from Melissa Kruger, which I was like, oh, that's a real person. I'm going to click on this. But it's really from TGC. It's just, it's from TGC. I'm on their mailing list somehow and it's from TGC. Hmm. Um, but the topic line says, bless the weary mom in your life. And it's for their Mother's Day sale. Like there's. That they're, they're they're running a mother who isn't right course. right they're running a mother's day sale which is fine but like all all of the marketing for this is how moms are so tired moms are so weary covid19 moms need help give all the moms the help and i'm just like what bothers me about this messaging is that it's just assuming that being a mom like all of us moms were just the most dogged tired right weary you guys listen about to faint every day sucks for her (laughs) get her a good brush she has been toiling (laughs) covid19 and then she gets this one day maybe her birthday too two days a year where if you play your cards right her life won't suck right and you know whether they intended this thing to come across this way or not that's all the messaging the messaging is COVID-19 exhaustion weariness help a poor girl out and I'm just like you know the Christian life is often trying and and wearying but I don't see anywhere I don't see any actual room in spiritual maturity for you to just be the most weary, exhausted person every day for that to be the, the defining feature of your motherhood would be a problem. Motherhood is, is wearisome and it, yes, you're, I bet you're exhausted, but if that's the, the defining attribute of how you are as a mother, then something needs to be addressed. Right. Well, and let's face it, the reason well, it's, it's a it's a demand. Mm. The it's they're just supplying a demand. Yeah, women have fully embraced. Moms mm-hmm. have fully embraced the whole like hot mess Aesthetic. mentality. Yeah, the whole yeah. I just give and give and give all day. Like, what else do you expect from me? I give and give and give all day. Yeah, and yeah. So I don't even think, I don't even think we assume that we're supposed to be. How about some cheerful work? Right. How right. about some imagination well, and, and I, fun? The thing is, is, I think what people hear when they hear you say that uh-huh. is for them to like phone it in. Like what they mm. hear you saying is pretend to be joyful. Right. Uh, pretend not to be weary. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not actually what we're saying. No. It's actually a problem. Yeah. If you cannot be happy if you don't find contentment mm-hmm. in prayer if you can't joyfully if you mm-hmm. are if your best is is um mm-hmm. mustering up a little bit of joy to look happy all day for your family mm-hmm. i would uh, let me encourage you with this 
you need help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you need some help. Mm-hmm. You should talk to your husband. Um, if you need to talk to your pastors, mm-hmm. if you really can't summon any joy, th- something is, there's a lack of something. Right. Um, and you need, yeah, you need help with it. And it's very possible that whatever intern or social media person that wrote this email was, you know, trying to do that was right. trying to offer help was saying right. it's a problem that all the moms are weary. Right. That's not the vibe that I got, right. but I'm saying, you know, it's yeah. possible. I'm not making any accusation that that's not possible. And I know for sure, but the, the messaging here I think is just super off and we need to be aware of it. Like let's not buy into a culture where we're just like, yeah, moms are weary and Christian moms especially are just, wow, sad life. You right. know, like let's not buy into that. Let's move away from that. Right. Um, and well, and there's just a lot of, there's a lot like hiding there. Like a lot of women, mm-hmm. we all do this in some way or another, but we'll be like, yeah, I just can't, you know, serving your family all day. It's, a, it is tiring, but then they're like jumping and raring to go to scroll Facebook at the end of right, the day or do something for else. three hours and stay up too late. And or you how know, about like, like tiring things are actually good. Yeah. But, like, well, and I just <laughs> think that the, the misconception that you can't be joyful Mm. when you're Mm -hmm. even when you're feeling weary you can't be joyful when you feel feel weary um that's not true it's yeah you totally can Mm -hmm. but my my i legitimately because i can relate i can relate to it's such it's so like written into how we operate today that you kind of do think like oh my life is just supposed to be hard Mm. but um but yeah, anyway, that's why I didn't really intend to yeah, encourage I'm anybody in that to... <laughs> specific way. <laughs> right. But I'm just saying, like, I'm not saying, like, give yourself a pat on the back if you are really having some issues of sanctification and personal holiness. But I'm saying don't listen to the narrative that tells you, like, that's just what your role is. Because mm-hmm. your role is you're supposed to be joyful, mm-hmm. whether you're a man or a woman. Mm-hmm. Um and so if you really can feel no joy mm-hmm. um, when it comes to serving, like some, you need like some discipleship or some accountability or counsel or whatever, but you, anyway, yeah. Is this our Mother's Day episode? No. <laughs> it's not even. It's not. Wait. Well, I think Mother's Day was it yesterday. It passed. Yeah. But what, whatever. Well, so close enough, I guess. Yeah. Why does it have to be before? Is that a weird standard that I just set? I, I agree with it. It feels like it's supposed it's to happen. supposed to be before. Otherwise, it's belated, which almost seems like you forgot. Listen, Mother's Day isn't for another 364 days. We are so. that early. <laughs> That's how much we care. This is a ladies podcast. <laughs> anyway, I thought you'd appreciate that. I just opened up that email and I was super bummed. And I was like, I don't really want all this stuff marketed to weary, exhausted moms. Right. Anyway. Yep. I'm Summer Yeager. Um, you're right. <laughs> I am... Joy and I he- I'm here with my beautiful co-host Summer and uh I'm excited for today's episode. Yeah. Yeah. I'm super ready. I had some I had I'm some things like to discuss in our little love this discussion. in our little uh before the show chat. Mm-hmm. Uh but I'll save them. It's the pre-show. we chatted. It's we the really pre-show chatted. show. The, pre- <laughs> the first chat. <laughs> Of many chats in one episode. You can leave us a voicemail at 470-465-0475. Hit us up at patreon.com slash sheologians. Join book club. It's a good time. I don't even care if you have the book or not. It's by what standard. You should buy it. Even if you don't join book club. Great book. (laughs) We're having a good time. Uh, Very low pressure. I try to be very low pressure. Though some people are annoyed by the obedience to the Lord that we do encourage. (laughs) But... (laughs) Other than obedience to the Lord, it's pretty low pressure over here. <laughs> yeah, legit. Um, so I love this topic. And I we actually did, I feel like we, in book club, when we did Joe Rigney's Strangely Bright, we talked about this a lot. So our book club ladies are going to be like, I know that. Like, Well, and sometimes even... Oh, actually, no, I have a thing that I should share about us. Oh, okay. Um, quickly. Do it. Um, so Summer and I 
both discovered that we have this like similar, well, we have the similar thought process, which is something happens to us or we see an article or we read a thing and we have like sort of a little mini epiphany. And then we spend our entire week thinking about that thing uh-huh. all through the lens of this article, song, uh, yep. quote, whatever it may be, scripture. I do that. And, um, and that's how we got to this. Mm-hmm. episode today but that is how you if you want a little behind the scenes that is uh, totally how sheologian stuff i feel like you and i you know you just you can't i don't know how to not come across scenarios like you said conversations blogs articles books and just dig for the worldview like i i need right. to know right where this is coming yes. from everything i look at i need to know where it's coming from I need to know what's motivating it. I want to analyze what's underneath it because there's just no other way to fully understand what's going on. And I grew up being told to do that with everything. And I don't know how to stop. And uh, I I also grew up being told that, uh, I mean, general revelation, special revelation, what we're talking about today uh, is just that these are the two ways that you understand the world. Right. Like you, everything, our entire worldview comes from the interlocking between general revelation, which is creation and special revelation, which is scripture. I mean, those two things together are the means by which we understand literally everything. Well, and it's like, I think the more practiced you get at it, in terms of like looking and like sifting through information. Mm -hmm. um, It's almost like you get this like tool. Mm -hmm. It's like the email. It's like the email thing you can scan. Mm -hmm. And then you like, Mm -hmm. not, not that you stop at scanning. Everyone hear me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Cause some of you are doing it on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta go past that. Um, Mm -hmm. Don't just scan. Do more, do better. (laughs) Um, but yeah, you get this ability to like mm-hmm. scan and then all of a sudden like you can, it's like you get this little tool mm-hmm. that you can put over anything and mm-hmm. it just like shows you what the article actually means and what the person right. who wrote it means. And right. I mean, obviously within reason, but right, it's interesting. Right. So what Joy and I want to talk about today is how to read creation. So how do you look at what God has made the natural world and understand it. And so a general, very reformed standard principle that we are always operating off of is that God did make the world to tell us something to tell us many things. Right. Um, this is, this is foundational to how we view everything. Um, there is a book of nature and a book of scripture and figuring out how to read these two properly is a lifelong process. So something that we talked about last week was how to have the maturity to read scripture, apply scripture, understand, right. understand scripture. How do you grow in that? And it does take maturity and discernment and wisdom to be able to do that. Well, you wouldn't hand, the Bible to a nine-year-old and be like, okay, good luck. And just peace out. Right. right? Um, now I have no problem with handing a Bible to a nine-year-old and telling them to read it, but hopefully you wouldn't expect them to read it on their own and to know exactly what to do now. <laughs> or rather, uh, <laughs> I think the problem is that we were doing that for a while right? and we should stop. <laughs> right. And so it does, it takes, it takes maturity and it, this is a lifelong process that is that is worthwhile um and so you know creation itself is intentionally designed to tell us something about who god is and i'm not just asserting that this is something that we read in uh you know psalm 19 and romans 1 are the two big passages on this topic um c.s lewis i love this quote i who am i I'm enjoying the outdoors and I'm quoting C.S. Lewis. Man, 
We may ignore, but we can nowhere evade the presence of God. The world is crowded with him. He walks everywhere incognito. Uh, and I just, I loved that. Um, I loved that quote. And then uh, I also wanted to, so I'm also getting into church history lately. <laughs> just been doing more of that. Uh, anyway, uh, John Chrysostom, one of the early church fathers, he drawing from Romans one twenty says that from the beginning, God implanted us then into us the knowledge of himself. Although people knew God, they deified stocks and stones, dealing unrighteously with the truth as much as they could. God's truth, however, continues unchanged, possessing its own glory, sorry, possessing its own glory, the same forever. Paul says God's invisible attributes are clearly seen from the world's creation, understood by the things which are made. David said the same. So he just quoted from Romans 1. Now he's about to go quote from Psalm 19, like I said, <laughs> the heavens declare the glory of God. What then will unbelievers say on judgment day? Will they say to God, we were ignorant of you, but didn't you hear heaven sending forth, sending forth a voice by the things you saw? Didn't the world's well-organized harmony shout out more plainly than a trumpet? Didn't you see night and day keeping the same rhythm through the ages, the lovely harmony of winter, spring, and the other seasons all abiding steady in the same? Didn't you behold the sea subject to an overall sway amid the uproar of its waves? Didn't you see all things continuing in harmony, preaching aloud of their maker by their loveliness and their majesty? So this, I mean, this idea that we can know who God is, is from scripture and is something that the church has been teaching for thousands of years. Uh, and I think one reason why it seems so difficult for people is that in a way, general revelation is a, it's more ambiguous than special revelation because special revelation scripture comes to us with words and definitions. Whereas reading nature requires you to have experience of nature as well as an understanding uh, of of scripture in order to read into nature what you're supposed to be able to read. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't know if I'm like going too far here. No, no, no. <clears throat> um, and I think one of the questions that people have is like, well, how do you, how then do you read nature rightly? Because yeah. you can look around at nature and, you know, there are lots of Christians that go around definitely thinking that like, oh, well, you know, this squirrel was sent to me today to tell me that I need to take this job or, right. you know, like <laughs> whatever odd, yeah you know, um, and we need to, we definitely need to not read that way because that would not be a faithful reading Right. To scripture. Right. <laughs> that would be reading into nature what is not there and what cannot be supported from scripture. Yeah. You want to make sure you're not um, turning nature into a god by misappropriating <laughs> mm-hmm. God's c- creation. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't want to equate his creation to God, which it seems like kind of a no brainer when you say it like that but we kind of do that a lot. (laughs) Um, Even Christians do that a lot. I would Mm -hmm. say that, I I mean, just practically the number one, um, the number one way to read creation is to not make it God. Mm. Um, It all, it's made by him. Yeah. It's his work. Mm-hmm. And it works to glorify him. Mm-hmm. And so finding yourself in awe of that mm-hmm. is absolutely realistic. Right. It should happen. If you haven't done it recently, you should do it. It's actually like good for you to do it. <laughs> um, even, even secular humanists mm-hmm. think it's good to go look at creation and go see new creations and, mm-hmm. and uh, all that kind of thing. But it's, not God. The reason you're don't confuse that awe mm-hmm. for the creation. It, you're in awe of it because of the creator. Yeah. Um, and so I think a lot of the time we have just been, I mean, plenty of people are doing it just fine. 
(laughs) But there are plenty of people Mm -hmm. who have um, taken certain amazing facets of creation. Mm -hmm. And once you just add a little bit too much importance Mm -hmm. onto the creation, I think you you run the risk of saying something that maybe you didn't even intend to say in to, or believe in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, the, a big thing that comes to mind for me is, um, is birth. Mm. Okay. The whole process yeah. of obviously like mm-hmm. getting pregnant and mm-hmm. carry and building this creation <laughs> in your, in your body, like right. growing another human and just, and having that realization multiple times over a series of nine months. And then, you know, like, um, and so we have rightly mm-hmm. acknowledged that like women can do, you can, I should say, you can rightly acknowledge that mm-hmm. women are able are to do this amazing thing. Right. Um, and, uh, and then they take care of their baby and their whole, and I'm not going to be crass or inappropriate, but obviously there's stuff that happens all throughout a woman's life that makes her able to, do you know like yeah. she becomes a woman and like all this stuff and yeah. and it all is very very amazing and it's so intricate um so but, complicated <laughs> yeah and it's it is amazing yeah and that awe that you feel though mm-hmm. is not coming from the us, woman from the woman right from the birth from her the human body like it's just that's we have to be careful that we're not um I would say that's just it seems like a given but we do it all the time it slips in it slips through the cracks and well and you have to be very careful because in that Romans 1 passage that teaches us how to look at creation versus creator and Paul masterfully does it in a few short verses right there's repeated warnings against worshiping and serving the creation rather than the creator. It's those it's when they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. That the darkness of mind comes, right? There's a darkness of mind in worshiping and serving creation. Yeah. Instead of creator Mm -hmm. because creation, and this is uh, Jonathan Edwards, if I say anything insightful today, it's because I got it from Jonathan Edwards, Joe Rigney, Vern Poitras, or the Apostle Paul. That's all. I'm ripping all of them off, <laughs> and I am not sorry. Um, so Jonathan Edwards says that one of the reasons that God made the world is to display his attributes. Uh, it's his eternal power, his divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made. There's a reason why everything glorifies him right because Because he made it in order to do that right (laughs) it's all to bring him glory um and so the things that we should do when we look at the world is we should see that god is displaying his attributes and we should have more knowledge of god's holiness and perfection because of what we're seeing in nature we shouldn't right. look at nature and go, oh, wow, aren't aren't women so amazing and special? We should go, wow, look at how wonderful and creative and all-knowing God is right. that he designed this system. Yeah. And we should have a greater love for creation because we are more greatly loving its creator. Right. We should have a special relationship with creation that the world doesn't have because it's rightly ordered. Yeah. It's not a pagan wrongful order of affections. Right. Um, well, and let's face it, this like reading creation, like be- looking at the world around you. Um, like if you want to view that, I'm trying to think of how I best want to say this. I don't want to be confusing. Um, Reading creation in terms of like kind of how we're referring to it as reading creation um, is a pretty um, it's generally accepted as the way that you build your um, worldview and the foundation of what you know like that is sort of a built in it's something that's built into us um, and it will greatly shape looking around how you see creation Mm -hmm. will greatly shape Mm -hmm. your worldview. Yeah. Um, 
And as we know, I mean, we're living in a time where tons of people have looked around Mm -hmm. and they have determined that they're God as a result of that Mm -hmm. or that the universe is God and doing, you know, some cosmic thing. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, so it just, I, I know that up until this point we've kind of had, it's sort of like a, we've had like a conversation about worship and creation Mm -hmm. and sort of more like the artistry of creation, Mm -hmm. but let's face it, like the natural component of creation is also important Mm -hmm. to be able to look at. Mm -hmm. And so that's how we determine that science is not, it's not that it's a bad thing, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but we don't take, we don't take um, science and go to the start with science and and go go to to the Bible. Right. So we can even know the Bible can even tell us Mm -hmm. what we know naturally from Mm -hmm. creation, not just, creatively right um but naturally as well Mm -hmm. and your worldview basically affects who you are what you believe what you do um like if you are um if you are a person that thinks that um is an empiricist Mm -hmm. uh that believes that their knowledge is based off of what you know and what you've experienced through Mm -hmm. experience, Mm -hmm. then that basically shapes, that means creation shapes everything. Oh yeah. For you. Right. Now people generally aren't just that, but I'm saying like a, a, a wrongly ordered Mm -hmm. worldview or experience of creation Mm -hmm. totally changes. Right. Right. And you scri- as a person. scripture is our final authority. It's not our only authority, but it is our final authority. And so we believe that what scripture says, God is saying, God has said. So s- scripture is God speaking. That is, it is his word. And we believe that the whole counsel of God is either clearly written for us in scripture, or it might be deduced from scripture we can reason from scripture to get to every point that we need. So how I should eat, how I should sleep, how I should work, even if there's not a specific Bible verse and there's not a specific Bible verse that says summer, this is what you need to do next. Everything that I need to do next can be deduced from scripture is our belief. And so it's, Figuring out how does the book of nature and the book of scripture work together? How do we read them in tandem to understand what we should do in our lives? And so, like we said, special revelation, that's scripture. That's God's particular revelation, and it's inspired, and it is our final authority. But general revelation is foundational uh, because it is the foundation that special revelation comes from. So what I what I mean by that is that special revelation is special because it presupposes general revelation. Like God speaks everywhere, generally, and especially in the scriptures. Right. So uh, the creation the existence of the created world of creation and our experience in it is necessary in order for scripture to be meaningful. Okay. So when you get to Psalm 19 and you read the heavens declare the glory of God, if you don't know what the heavens are, you can't tell me what is declaring the glory of God. This is basic English. Right. Yeah. This is, I'm diagramming a sentence here. (laughs) The first question you ask, if you want to diagram that sentence, what declares the glory of God? The heavens. Okay, but if you don't know what the heavens are, the sentence doesn't mean anything. Right. So the words don't mean anything to you unless there's a sky that you've seen and you know what it is. So the Bible comes in specially and tells you about it. So if you want to read Psalm 19, which includes the story of the sun and the sky and the heavens doing all this work, you have to know what the sun is and you know how you have right. to know what the heavens are. Right. So in that way, so scripture uses human words, it uses language, and it's it's understandable to us because we use language to communicate. I want to be clear, though. I'm not saying that creation is unclear. Okay, nature is clear. 
Mm-hmm. Creation is clear. Paul says that. And the any kind of obscurity we might feel about reading creation correctly is that if you think of a tree, if I tell you, oh, that tree is beautiful, the tree itself uh, doesn't have a note like as the tree grows, the branches aren't like, I'm showing you the glory of God because like there's nothing written in the bark right. that says to you, here's the glory of God in the color of my bark. You know, nothing. It doesn't do that. There's That's like a not, big black arrow <laughs> right. above it. And then it's like it says, pointing. this is to the glory of God. Right. It has like a thought bubble and it says trees glorify God because like that doesn't happen. So that right. that's why you might feel like the book of nature is a little unclear, but that's why I'm saying that there's a process that's supposed to take place in your life of thinking clearly and using our minds to observe. And I'll use an example of Jesus in Matthew six. He wants to make this point about not being anxious for tomorrow. Right. So what does he tell you to do? The first thing he does is he tells you to consider, consider the birds consider the flowers and then he actually tells us how to read the birds and the flowers properly the first thing you have to do is engage your critical thinking and you have to observe you have to stop and think so he says consider how god provides for them so according to jesus uh the birds are telling you something just by being what God made them to be. But it takes consideration for you to see what God is saying through the birds. So you have to use your brain. You have to think, okay, well, the birds... Which is also a creation. Right. Right. (laughs) Consider the barns and their needs and their provision and how they eat and they need food and they need these things. And you're supposed to do all this consideration and through proper training of the mind and observe biblical observance you are you should be able to come to the conclusion that god cares for you and so jesus kind of gives us that example of how to look at nature and read it properly what he doesn't do is says you know can look at this bird this bird was sent especially for you so that this bird could tell you now he's saying when you look at nature observe what god is doing so that you might rightly apply what God is doing in nature to your own situation. Right. Uh, very different than saying like this, this bunny named Chester was specifically sent to your house today. The reason that there's a snake on your porch today. <laughs> All I can think of is that, that bobcat. <laughs> and the guy God, God sent a bobcat to attack my <laughs> wife today. To tell to me, let me know. to warn me that I need to be more discerning. You know, it's yeah. like if you have a snake infestation underneath your porch, God isn't saying you're surrounded by Satan. Like that right. is not. You have a, Do you have a snake infestation in your house? Do you have a snake in infestation your in your heart? No. Yep. <laughs> that was not the example that Jesus left. No. So that is a very poor way to read creation. Right. And not something that we should do. Yeah gone on for a long time that was all great great i'm gonna um kind of shoehorn my feminist of the week in here plus it's it relates Mm -hmm. so so you know how we have once or twice been known to say there's a crystal for that (laughs) yep as a joke you guys I, i found a crystal for that oh bring it on Okay. Yeah, let's... Oh, wow. Is the New Age one of the worst ways to read creation or what? It is the... It's the satanic way. Well, <laughs> and I don't know if people are, like, keeping this... Any, anyway, it's it's not necessarily New Age, but okay. keep in mind, as I as we're walking through this, keep in mind the connections there. Okay. Um. So, when lightning strikes sand soil or stone Mm -hmm. it like melts the materials into like a ball of glass yeah i saw sweet home alabama yeah okay yes okay there you go (laughs) so that's known as a fulgurite yep Mm -hmm. and fulgurites are full of let me see fulgurs 
Uh, they're full of the a mineral called Schriebersite. <laughs> uh-huh. Or Schreibersite. I don't really know. Liev Schreiber. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Schreiber. <laughs> yeah, what do you have to do to get a mineral named after you yeah. around here? Um, Be a terrible actor. Okay, so inside of that mineral... Oh, there's more? It's phosphorus, which is an essential element for life. Makes up the backbone of the DNA, basic cell structures. Okay. So here's what there is a crystal for. Okay. Life. Life. (laughs) Is it the life crystal? (laughs) Okay. Um, what do you do? Okay, with yeah. Crystal? So no new age people are coming out, and well, or maybe they are. I don't know what's going on with Fulgurite these days. <laughs> I haven't been keeping up with um, Fulgurite news, but uh, but yeah. So basically, now some scientists are like, "Wow!" So what you're saying is lightning strikes before there was life on this planet. Um, wait, what? could be responsible for oh. life starting life so lightning it could strikes. be oh. it could be okay that's what they're be. saying based off of what we know oh but that's not true right <laughs> <laughs> These people are grasping at straws um anything so- to deny god <laughs> anything lightning 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 life. where'd the lightning come from right mm-hmm. okay. and also um yeah there's just a lot of uh there's a lot of uh, sort of it's like they they're like, we'll just just give it to us that we like know a lot about how the world was billions of years ago. <laughs> it's like so you're saying it was just like it is today with like everything like lightning and everything was the same. and The atmosphere was the same. And then um, the lightning would strike the soil, which I'm sure was the same as it is now. Uh, there's no like difference in chemical compounds or makeup or whatever. Not after billions of years, and then a lightning struck somewhere, and then that's what created <laughs> the amoebas that one day became us. You know what's a bummer is I bet the crystals are really beautiful. I like crystals. Well, they're actually supposed to be like kind of well. I don't know. Maybe it's just the description in the article that I was reading. Right. But it says they're like full of like grass and dirt. So what I'm imagining is kind of like a, like a really irritating diamond that you like can't, there's like a blade of grass sticking halfway out of it and you can <laughs> never get the whole thing out. Listen, I was the kid that had a rock collection and I feel like the new agers have just ruined it. Like I can't even have, like leave me, leave my salt lamp alone. Seriously. Just leave it alone. It's salt and it's, it's salt a lamp it's form. pretty and leave me alone. <laughs> that actually leads, I, so part of. What you're saying, people that think that that's how life might have started, like it's it's insane and it's unscientific, but it's like this is the length that people will go to. Well, and that's what I mean by to not see God creation. Your epistemology, how you know what you know about creation, right, will affect. It will affect mm-hmm. everything. everything that everything. you believe about the natural world. Yeah, um, you will. It will change everything that you believe about. Right. philosophy and right. the immaterial world how you think people what right. you think so everything from what you think people are mm-hmm. to their purpose in right. the world right. it will affect everything right and part of the reason that natural revelation i think f- can feel so obscure to us is the fall because we're born suppressing the truth of who god is that we're going back to romans one uh and there's like this sinfulness in us that makes nature harder to read. But the great news is that the Holy Spirit restores our ability to read nature through the new birth. So uh, Psalm 19, again, at first it goes through general revelation, creation, what it says to us, and then it transitions to the law of the Lord is perfect. It revives the soul. It enlightens the eye. So it's God's word. It's the new birth. It's the Holy Spirit that takes us from having those darkened minds that profess to be wise, but makes us fools. And it, it's only upon the basis of acknowledging God and who he is that then our eye is enlightened. That's what Romans one tells us. That's what Psalm 19 tells us. Um, And I will say that it's, it's really after the new birth that you can put scripture and nature together. And it's through that, 
practice of studying nature and the word that can that edifies us in a way that is not going to happen for the unbeliever um because scripture and nature mutually interpret each other you can't understand the bible rightly without general revelation and you can't understand general revelation rightly without the bible so i mean think about the verses you know this and that is as sweet as honey and and beautiful as gold and it's like well if you don't know what honey is if you don't know what sweetness is if you don't know what gold is what do those verses mean to you are you understanding the point um but it's through special revelation is like the grammar textbook for general revelation this Mm -hmm. is how you understand how to read it right so um thinking carefully about nature pondering what god has said in his word uh and and seeking out those examples is ultimately how you will read these things rightly. And there's a really, you know, be careful that you're not doing it like a new age person. Be careful that you're not uh, partaking in creation worship. We are not right. we are not to worship creation. Worshiping creation leads to a darkened mind. Um, you might feel super wise, but you're not (laughs) yeah uh you're called to worship the creator and it's the it's the darkened ungrateful mind that rejects god that uh worships the form of man and image and beasts and creeping things and birds of the air and walking man and that is something that we need to be super 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 careful that we are not doing uh and you know i think the the body positivity movement is super guilty of this. Mm-hmm. Um, well, as is feminism. Um, feminism is super guilty of this. Um, any kind of reading of the female body where you can have somehow like some special insight into uh, Jesus's shed blood because you're a female that men don't have access to because they're not females. Um, this is how to read nature like a pagan and it needs to be utterly rejected agreed (laughs) yay we did it (laughs) you're gonna go out into nature now right yeah oh hey um oh yeah abby martin hey just in time i want to tell how did you know i'm about to go camping (sighs) okay so we opened up this package today from Abby Martin and she's the sweetest. And I was so excited because before I saw the note, I pulled out a bag of the only trail mix that I like the only trail mix. She told me so. I was like, why, why is the trail mix? Why is someone sending me my favorite trail mix? Why is someone? Because it doesn't have peanuts in it. No peanuts. Right. Peanuts are the worst. Every If you have a bag of trail mix and there's peanuts in it, the whole bag just tastes like peanuts. And I don't even like peanuts. So it ruins my day. You got to mix your own. But then if you I've put been them discovering all in the bag, that because the peanuts are not peanuts are not my favorite part of trail mix. No. But I will deal with it. And yeah. I have to say, if you can layer, make your own trail mix and okay. layer the ingredients properly and yeah. go light on the peanuts. Yeah. The reason they're really in there is because they're cheap. Well, they're an inexpensive nut. But you got to go a little heavy on the cashews. Yes. But you don't even have to now because Abby <laughs> Martin. <laughs> thank you, Abby yeah, Martin. Yeah, thank you. I'm so excited to have more of my favorite trail mix. I like that there's raspberries in there's it. There's raspberries and walnuts Yum. and pumpkin seeds. And it's just my favorite. And I usually get the really big bag at Costco. Anyway, cool story. I'll end on this note. Um, last night, Kate was like, hey, can we make overnight oats? Which I love. Uh-huh. I love overnight yeah. oats. And Nicoletta just gave me a ton of oats that she didn't want anymore. And so I was like, <laughs> yes, we can make overnight oats because I love them and I forgot about them. Anyway, the point they of the like story. They were like a craze for a while and then they kind of. They, yeah, they went but away. Still, but the point of the story wonderful. is that I now have a kid old enough to remind me of things that I love that I forgot about that are cool and who wants to participate in them. Isn't that so interesting? I had like this like line of girls at the kitchen counter, like 
one cup oats, one cup this, like putting stuff right. in the jars and shaking them up. And it was just weird because the last time I made overnight oats, it was just like me very pregnant with Clementine at the counter making my own. And it's just weird. And I'm getting old and things are weird. Yeah. That's the end of my Your story. family structure has expanded. It's kind of interesting how you like all a family is very interesting because like the way that you relate to one another changes. And I mean, even just like Matthew and I having Georgia, it's like it expands a little bit. And then all of a sudden you're like, I'm also aware of another person's preferences and what they're saying, yeah. especially now that she's saying talking so, many so much and has so many opinions about things. Everything. Um, but yeah. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It It's super. I'm just it's really It's like really it. complex, super complex and then it just yeah. happens over There's just how many families on the world right now and it just is happening all the time constantly. And my kids are just at the most fun age right now. Yeah. I'm just loving it. Anyways, you can leave us a voicemail at what's our number again? 470-465-0475. Boom. And you can join Patreon, patreon.com slash Sheologians. Buy that lady in your life a t-shirt at shopsheologians.com. Hey, grab your next bag of coffee at missionfirstcoffee.com slash sheologians. We are partnering with these guys to, I mean, you guys have to buy coffee anyway. You might as well sport a missionary while you're at it. Right. So, well, and we know the roaster. We know the roaster. We know everybody. We know the people, the missions. So you're you're supporting missions and helping Christian small businesses and... It's just a win-win-win. And drinking coffee. And which I know you're doing anyway. Yeah. So it's missionfirstcoffee.com slash theologians. Get your coffee there. It used to be that whenever you think w- drink water. Right. Think but now whenever you drink coffee. Partnering with us. <laughs> Partner with us and the Heart Cry Missionary Society. I mean, <laughs> it's getting better. We're just getting better. Right. <laughs> See you guys next week. See ya. See ya.